You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Today's show is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in, but we invite you to follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all three platforms. And if you'd like to contact us directly, please do email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. And please do subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybsa.com. Over the last few months, we have talked on the Health Hub about the science of COVID-19 with guests like Dr. William Lee, and we've also delved into coping with the stress of it. But now is the time to talk about how we come through the other side of this. And to help us with this, we have returning to the Health Hub, our wonderful friend, Dr. Anna Yassim, and a new friend to our show, Marla Maples. Dr. Yassim is a world-renowned, board-certified psychiatrist with a private practice in New York City and the best-selling author of Fulfilled, How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. She is on the clinical faculty at Yale Medical School, where she is creating a mental health and spirituality program. Dr. Yassim completed her undergraduate education at Stanford University, where she studied biology and philosophy. She attended Yale Medical School and the NYU Residency Training Program in Psychiatry. She has traveled, lived, and worked in over 60 countries and presented at numerous national and international medical conferences. Dr. Yassim has published over 70 academic articles, book chapters, scientific abstracts, and book reviews on various topics in psychiatry. With more than 15 film roles, Broadway shows, and dozens of magazine covers on her resume, Marla Maples firmly secured her place in popular culture. With a focus on creating a quieter, more spiritual existence, Marla relocated to Southern California in 1999 with her daughter, Tiffany Trump. She released her first album, The Endless, featuring Deepak Chopra, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and Michael Bernard Beckwith, and hosted a radio talk show, Awakening with Marla, with specialists from the natural wellness world. Marla returned to the spotlight, tangoing her way through season 22 of Dancing with the Stars, co-hosting The View, The Doctors, and Good Day New York, and performed on Balando con la Stelle in Rome, Italy. Most recently, Marla 
also has a recurring role on the new hit HBO series, The Righteous Gemstones. The humanitarian who herself suffered from Lyme disease was honored for her work with the Global Lyme Alliance and remains committed to supporting a multitude of nonprofit organizations, including AwareNYC.org, Spirituality for Kids, and the Louis Armstrong Center for Music and Medicine. Marla has had the privilege of speaking at the United Nations, Harvard University, the 2018 Summit of Peace, as well as the Global Summit on Science, Spirituality, and Environment in India. She also performed her single, One World of Love, on the stage at Carnegie Hall. I truly hope you enjoy our conversation with Anna and Marla. Everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's my very dear pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy. Looking so, forward to time with you. <laughs> uh, yes, it's, it's, you know, we've had this talk off air, and it, it's so wonderful to talk about how we're dealing with things, and it's time now to talk to people about coming through the other side of this. None of us have been alive during something like this that I, you know, most of us, I shouldn't say none, most of us have not experienced anything like this. And over the past few months, we've had a fear inbred into us, and now we need to figure out what we're going to do with this, how we're coming through the other side. And I know you two have been working together um, trying to promote how to come through this. And, and I, just want, I just want your experience. I want people you've talked to. I want to hear everything that you can recommend to us because it's going to be challenging. Right. Anna, would you want to go first or you want me to? <laughs> sure. Well, go for it. Go for it. And then I will follow up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, with Anna and I, of course, have been friends for many years. And we, um, we've traveled to China, actually, and, and been a part of the first ever women's panel at the Sanya Forum. And we just immediately, when we first met, there was a knowing. So we feel like t- together we're even stronger. And we've just really enjoyed sharing this. And, and we, um, you know, what we're finding is, is Anna is a professional. I just pretend to be. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a lover of, of humanity and a lover of souls, as, as I know you both are. And, you know, where, where I feel called is where I go. So, you know, there have been many people that have that have come and reached out to, to all of us, I know, that have been struggling with this time, this alone time. For, for me, it's been um, a gift and that it's given me the time to go deep within myself and really uh, search what uh, God's purpose is within me, like the true, true purpose. I've always asked, but then I get pulled away and distracted. There's mm-hmm. so many distractions in, in the world. This time I've been able to basically like go on my hands and knees and just, just be a more clear channel. So that is what I've been really helping other people to do is, is to go within themselves and, and acknowledge that they're here for a purpose and for a reason. And if they can just tap in and their silence to what their uniqueness is and how they can share, I feel that that purposefulness that they can find helps them break through the doubt, the fear, the worry. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just been a tool that I find has been helpful. It's like knowing how can I help? If you're really more focused on how I can help versus who can help me, <laughs> yes. you know, I, I think it can turn things around, especially emotionally. And then and you're I, part of a bigger hole. And I, I agree. Some people would fear having that time to look inward. I mean, I, 
I don't know, Anna, what you think of that, but I know that sometimes there's that silver lining where we have time where we're busy and we can, as you're doing, Marla, look in, but then there must be other people that that is a little bit of a scary place to go. Can I talk on that? Yeah, Yeah, I think um, Marla is absolutely right that finding your own sense of purpose and meaning is one of the ways to move through this really difficult period and move past the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt, the anxiety that all of these events inspire and create for us. And I think you're absolutely right, Kathy, that looking inward can at times be the scariest thing that we ever do because what do we do in our daily life? Or what do some of us do in our daily life? We try to run away from parts of ourselves through Mm -hmm. all these different ways, whether we numb ourselves through constant interaction, through workaholism, or through substances like drugs or food, or, or through certain behaviors like addictions and other things, right? There's so many ways to escape yourself so that you don't have to look inwards. And here we're in quarantine, we have to go inside. And so when we're inside, we're really brought up against ourselves more than anything else. And we're shown those parts of ourselves that we need to heal, that we need to transform, and that really are at the root, the greatest source of our own light. By transforming those things that are so difficult to see within ourselves, we actually reach much more light and are able to share more light with humanity, are able to live more according to our purpose and our meaning and do the work that we've come into this world to do. Are there steps that you both recommend to doing this? Because you're right. I mean, when we, we can tend to focus all of our being on what we do, right? Our work and it's a part of us. Our family is a part of us. And for those of us who have been lucky to be at home with our families, this is, for me, it's been a bonding time. But for people who are so, you know, the work is their life they're having to find a new purpose, I would think, or to reevaluate things. And is this problematic or is this nourishing for the soul? Yeah, who, who we really are beyond the um, labels that, that we yes. put on ourselves or that the world puts on us. Um, I lived under a label for many, many years. And I know maybe to some people I still have a, a, a label because of, of um, my ex-husband who I met when I was 20 years old and, uh, and is now the president. So, so it's, it's taken a, a long time for me personally just to be free enough to know that it's okay for me to express the truth of who I am, not to hide anymore mm-hmm. from it. Um, And my little sister is in an emergency room. She's an ER doctor, actually. She works in trauma. And, you know, I I watch, you know, she remains true to her soul in everything she does, which is beautiful. Like, she'll go to work and she's faced with all these, you know, high-risk situations, but she doesn't have fear about it. She feels a, 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 she's in sync with her calling because who Mm -hmm. she is in that emergency room setting is also who she is outside of it as far as caring and compassion. So, I mean, the most beautiful thing I feel is if people could learn to align, and this is a chance to kind of jumpstart into something new, um, align their sole purpose with the way they're seen in the world, with the way they show up in the world. And so there's not that separation between this is who I am when I go to my job, you know, uh, doing, yes. you know, uh, fixing electrical poles, <laughs> you yeah. know. I can walk into that job and still be the same person that I'm learning who I am now. I'll just bring that energy to my job. Or and it's not, I, and it's not even just labels. Like you said, you've been imposed with labels, but we label ourselves, right? Yes. This is what I am. And this is what I do. And maybe those labels, you know, when you have 
four months to sit and think about it. Maybe those labels really aren't equating with who you actually are. And that can be traumatizing. Yes. I agree, honey. You see, Anna, you, you're the share on that one. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, what you're talking about is this concept of authenticity. Like, who am yes. I separate of what everybody else expects of me, of what society may expect of me, of what my past may expect of me? And how can I move within my authenticity in a dynamic way that enables me to really change with the times and grow and expand and not have to be for anybody else anything other than what really my connection with something greater than myself with the light calls me to be at this moment and it's a dynamic process and if you are connected so marla and i are both very spiritual people we're connected to something greater we are guided by the light or we certainly try to be all the time and that forces you to change that forces you to have to you know do about faces if it doesn't intuitively feel right it forces you to say no even when you've made a commitment so those are just a few of the things that I believe are authenticity and what going inside, what this time period is forcing us all to do is to get more in touch with that. And another way to say it is really to align more deeply with our own souls and to act from our soul and not act from the expectations of others or obligations, you know, that we have that really have outgrown their time or from parts of ourselves from the past that no longer serve us. And we've talked about it before, Anna, dealing with our soul. So spirituality, some people, when they hear that word spirituality, that can be something that's a turnoff, right? So, but we're talking spirituality, not necessarily always with a particular God, but spirituality can be found within, right? So we all have that capability and capacity for spirituality, Right. I just, to me, spirituality is just wanting to know more, wanting to connect with our true purpose. You know, uh, it's, it's about being open. And um, we've, we've all studied, I think all three of us have probably studied a lot about different religious backgrounds and different mm-hmm. ways. It's always been a passion of mine to, to try and understand how other people find God, what that means, what is their divine connection. I love learning and listening to how other people make the connection. But for me, it's just that ongoing search for for truth well what's that commonality that you found because you're looking at the different religions you're looking at the different ways that people are looking beyond but there has to be a common thread through all of them there is and that's that heartstring that's between all of us when we open ourselves to really love and and the peak of at the top of all these religions is is this desire to you know, really love thy neighbors thyself, which mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things we can ever learn to do, truly. And and that means releasing a lot of ego, releasing a lot of me from the equation to really care about another human being. So that is that is the ongoing, um, that is what I've learned through, you know, my Christian studies and my Kabbalistic studies and other other, other studies is, is to really learn how open that space in your heart where you can have that empathy for another person and, and want the, the, the best for them. So a lot of these practices we do helps us learn to attain that, right, Anna? I mean, we all are human. We come back to our egos and we have our struggles. That's part of it. But having a path 
to to find our way back. And and truly, and these days, having a community, a community might we not may not be holding hands with and singing together in one room, you know, but having this community of people that we we know we can pick up the phone and share with during this time and and check in with and and know that our our hearts are connected to to really having an impact to to help people and ourselves through this time. Well, Anna, you would know, too, um, we talked about ego. We talk about all these things, right? These are common things that we like to discuss. But honestly, our egos are taking a hit now. They have to be taking a hit because to see what's going on, and this is a short period of time, right? The impact that has that this has had on us, it's a hit to the ego because we, we realize how really insignificant I think. This is where what I've felt. We are so insignificant to the whole process. So if we're, if we're so into cultivating that, I mean, and there are two, I think two types of egos, a nourishing one and a non-nourishing one. Anna, you may be really against this. I don't know, but are that, that, that really selfish ego that's taking a pounding right now. Maybe that's the area that people are struggling with because that insignificant, the insignificance that has come about from all this i don't know if in practice or marla when you're talking to people if you find this but i find that people are taking a hit with that and not knowing what to do with it yeah you want to say it from a psychiatrist <laughs> anna, what, yeah and are you dealing with people you're still seeing patients i'm assuming yes i'm yeah i feel like the practice is busier than ever by virtue uh, of anxiety, depression, insomnia that is coming up right now. And people from, you know, a year or two or three years who I haven't heard from are calling meeting appointments, meeting emergency sessions because it's so overwhelming. So absolutely, everybody's egos are taking a beating. And I would agree with what Marla said that it's really, you know, that which unifies all different spiritual traditions is trying to make that shift from an ego consciousness to a soul consciousness. And the ego consciousness is focused on me, 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 and what do I need? And Kathy, what you said about the survival instinct and our need to just, you know, preserve ourselves at all costs, and even at the cost of what happens to others. And the shift that we're being invited and inspired to make right now is to not focus so much on ourselves, which could be the hardest thing to do because so many of our own structures, meaning our own identity, our own professions, our own sense of safety, are being deconstructed right now and are kind of crumbling down before us. But we're asked to step outside of that. And, you know, how do we align with a soul consciousness? How do we transform the ego consciousness to a soul consciousness that's not based on the manifestations of ego, the manifestations being, you know, greed and selfishness and control and anger and hatred and resentment and vengeance and, you know, those sorts of things. How do we shift to a soul consciousness which is about more love and compassion and gratitude and forgiveness and caring for others and being able to create that transformation in that very powerful and important direction, which could be very hard to do, especially under this stress. It can be, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and a lot of people are struggling to make ends meet. And that's a real blocking for people to try, you, 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 they've got that pressure and then this pressure of isolation, and that's a double whammy. So how are you encouraging people to look beyond this? I mean, there's no choice in this matter. People are losing their jobs and people are forced to quarantine. So how are you, how are you telling them to look beyond this to try and find that silver lining? It can be so hard to see. 
well, now we're forced to grow, aren't we? I mean, this is not a time where we can choose. This is a time where we either, you know, fall apart or we say, okay, I'm, I'm forced to transform. I'm forced to grow now. This is something that I, maybe I don't have the skills for, but I'm here. I'm here now. So, so I've got to face this. Um, you know, I, I just talk to people a lot about um, the meditation, of course, because that's just quieting the mind and going to a deep place of, of listening and, and being still and uh, getting the heart rate normalized. I mean, the breath is the breath. The breath gives life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we leave this earth, we blow out our last breath. When we come in, we take our first breath. So in between, it's time to breathe in and breathe out and continue that that rhythm to nourish our, our, our organs. I mean, if we're not nourishing our organs, you know, our brain is just affected by it. Everything is affected by it. Our health is affected by it. So meditation is, is so much more than just, you know, quite, it is more than quieting the mind. It's getting that deep breath inside every single organ in your body so everything can serve you as you're facing this. So that immediately helps with the stress. Um, Exercise is different now. I'm, I'm exercising less than ever, which is not really comfortable for me. But sometimes I'll, um, I, I tell people just to stand up and shake it out because our, our body is like portals of energy. And, and we, every part of us is, is alive, but, but also some of this negativity and fear attaches to us. So 100%. I just say it's not about going to the gym and lifting away. It's about shaking it off of you, you know, tapping. Uh, Anna and I do this practice of tapping at times, starting at the top of your head, working all the way down your body to your toes and then back up again. You're stimulating the lymphatic system, but you're, you're making your, your whole, all their sensory perceptions more alive. And then literally my daughter's studying for law school for all these years, working so hard with a computer there in her lap. And I'm like, baby, get up and just jump up and down. Mm-hmm. Just jump up and down, release it like a child. That's what kids do. Remember they they'd have t- temper tantrums and they're like, ah, shake it out. Just, yeah, you know, but that releases so much. So that's a simple kind of fun Marlaism that I do. <laughs> no, movement is huge and you're right. And um, now you talked about exercising and slowing down on the exercise. Exercising for me, it's letting go of the have tos has been breathtaking for me. You know, the things that I attached to my life that were important that I needed to do, I need to do that, I need to get having this loose schedule for me personally has been wonderful. I don't know, Anna, are you feeling the same way? Do you do you like this freedom? Are you finding new areas of focus? I think we talked about how New York has changed for you. Yes, definitely. So we're not in New York right now. My husband and I are now in rural Connecticut. We both actually got COVID. Then we got over COVID. And then we're like, okay, this is our sign for us. This means we're probably going to have our little place in Connecticut, but we also are going to make our main residence, which used to be New York City, in Connecticut. And we've been thinking about this for a while already. And I'm on faculty at Yale, and it kind of made sense from a number of reasons. But this was really the thing that catapulted us. And as far as my schedule, I feel like in a way, yes, it's much looser than it used to be. And yet, because I'm still seeing patients, it's still a pretty, you know, boom, boom, boom schedule. But a number of those sessions are now phone sessions. So I speak to my patients while walking through the forest here in Connecticut. And Mm. an amazing, amazing change that for me has been just wonderful. And 
but it's also been hard because we're used to a certain structure and that structure, even though self-created, you know, completely self-created and artificial, it's what enables our life to have predictability, what enables us to feel in control. And then that structure is a little shaken up. And so you're like, oh, you know, trying to adjust to this new normal. So it's really an adjustment process on so many levels, physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. And then you're like, okay, where to from here? This is what we're being called to do. So we have to step up. Structure is very important. I do agree. But changing the structure up has been great. I'm actually really, I have, my two girls are at home now. My one son's married and the other one's living up north at our place. I'm really impressed of how they have manipulated their lives and how they've created structure. My, my older daughter works with autistic children. So she works in the morning on the phone and then she created a space for mental health and she's created a space for her exercise. I think they've adapted very well. Maybe it's the older ones. Maybe it's our generation that is having more of an impact. Mind you, they don't have the financial uh, stresses, but I'm very proud of the way them and people in general have taken on this challenge and restructured. And I think that might be a big piece of how people will come out of this. What do you think about that? I think that's fantastic. I think it's really great to be able to observe it through the eyes of your children and the yes. different generations. And uh, my, my daughter and I kind of have a bit of a laugh about it. Everyone's talking about, oh, isolation. She's like, mom, this is my life anyway. She's been yeah. working so hard. She goes, this is just my life. <laughs> I mean, With no restaurants and no, yeah, that sort no, of thing. Just, I mean, other than some of the places she would order in from as she's studying all night long are closed. Um, I send her some nutrition for a uh, longevity nutrition for longevity every now and then I'm like, eat this good food sweetheart eat this healthy food it's gonna be there for you um but but you, i think that's a, a absolute great point i watch some of the people on the social media and i and i see them come together with the kids and doing new activities yeah. and i it's so exciting to me i'm just it's sad. emotional I, actually i find a very emotional some I of the things that people have done well, I, just borrow, I just want to borrow a child every now and then to have that yeah. kind of uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like uh, what it would be like to be at home with your kids all the time now if you're out to work and, and now you're forced to be with them. I am sure that the initial is a knee jerk, but then you kind of get into this pattern and your kids are where they should be at home. I think it's brilliant. I think what we should do here now is take a quick break. And what I want to do when we get back, ladies, is talk about the fear that has been cultivated in us over the past few weeks and how maybe we can move beyond that. So we'll be back everybody in a few minutes. Because I'm 
You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a wonderful conversation here with Dr. Anna Yassim and the lovely Marla Maples, a new friend to our show. So I really want to get into, I, I delayed the whole first half because I want to focus on this because it's something that I feel that I see that I sense. We've been embedded with a fear uh, over the last three weeks. And it, to me, it's profound how short a period of time this has been for such a humongous impact. But we've been embedded with fear. We don't know what's true in some situation. How, and, and you know, this whole world uh, word and phraseology of the new normal, I think that in and of itself is scary. So how do we come through this and get over our fears? You know, when I run, people go to the other side of the street when they see me. We have a fear of everybody now as maybe a carrier of a disease that can kill us, and we have to get beyond this. How do we start to do that? Anna, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think fear is really, like you said, so all pervasive right now. And it's fear of so many things because we as human beings, you know, we can fall prey to fear when our certainty has been taken away, when our identity has been taken away by losing a job, when our sense of safety has been taken away. And so whenever we fall into fear, we have a choice. Do we stay in that fear? And do we allow ourselves to spiral? And as we know, that's a scary place. It could bring us into anxiety, depression, all sorts of other places? Or do we fight that fear and realize, you know, this mnemonic F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. The majority of our fears do not come to pass. They actually are illusions. Yes, we're in the midst of a pandemic, but all the horrible things we can think of, most will not happen. We're going to get out on the other side. We're going to be safe. We're going to be okay. And so the choice we have is to transform that fear. So what do you transform it to? You want to transform it to faith or to love? And how do you do that? There's a lot of exercises. And our friend Marianne Williamson, for instance, talks about transforming fear to love. A powerful way to do that is through a loving kindness meditation, which is like a four-line mantra where you repeat to yourself something like the following. May I be free of worry and fear. May I be happy. May I be free of suffering. May I be at peace. And you sit and you go into your heart space. And you sit there for, say, five minutes to start, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then you do this four-line mantra, which is the loving-kindness meditation or a form of it. And you let that and those that energy fill your heart. That's one of the ways in which you can work with fear and transform it. Beautiful. And, and even something that I've been working on at moments where I'll feel a bit overwhelmed or unclear of the next decision, um, learning how to speak the words where you can hear it like, I, I am free, I am loved, I am purposed. Just speak it, you know, in, in such a positive way that you're creating that voice into the universe. You're hearing it back and it can become a deep reality for you um, because the fear, you know, is, is very alive in, in, um, in, in many people. And, and I, I think personally, um, some the fear that I have is like, am I doing enough? Can I do more? You know, am I choosing the right way to go? Am I listening to the right voices? Mm-hmm. And 
I am, you know, just stating I am divinely guided. I hear, I, I follow my true path. I am, I am a giver of love. I am receiving love. I mean, things like mantras like that, just to speak it into the universe and, and hear it back to keep you on the path is so, so, so important. What about the, you know, we're surrounded with news. We're surrounded by numbers. Um, and I've, I personally have struggled with this. You know, I look, well, our numbers are better. Well, we only have so many deaths. We only, and it's like, I'm negating a whole facet of this disease by just looking at the numbers. And then, you know, now it's coming out all the, the conspiracy theories and that that is unnerving for someone who, like in my, you know, my, my thought of myself, very even keeled, open-minded. Um, I do believe in authority. You know, I listen to what the government is saying and I do what I'm supposed to do, but I do feel challenged on that end. I really do. The biggest issue today that I think is, is worthy of um, action and coming together is censorship. When we lose our voices, when people that have uh, something that they believe is really true and they've researched it and studied it and they want to help humanity and then suddenly they're being shut down mm-hmm. um, by many of the, 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 um, the ways that people get their news, the ways that people, you know, search for some truth. This is the biggest issue that I see in, in our whole world is the censorship. Voices are being dimmed and we just have to not allow, we have to fight to be able to have our voices. We're, we're human beings and we're, we're Americans here. This is our, this is our right. And, and we just have to gather together and be able to ask the questions and truly demand to be heard. And, and it's, that's, to me, is the most frightening thing of all this right now is losing that voice. And not being able to hear truth on both sides, you know, it is frightening. You know, you can choose, right? You can choose. I mean, exactly. I mean, we were. This is it. We're shutting down. We are shutting down, and everything's closed. It's like never have I ever. Like I would never have imagined that. Mm -hmm. And we're we're powerless in that. And that's another thing. And the powerlessness that I think we feel is really damaging to our psyche, to the way we operate. Are you seeing that aspect of, of people's um, issues with this whole thing, the total powerlessness of it all? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, harnessing our personal power, that's something that we're always working on and we're always figuring out ways to do that more constructively and to really enable our true light to shine. It's something that we've been doing, but now, like, just like you're saying, Kathy, that the power has been taken away because so many facets of the way in which we express ourselves, like Marla's saying, there is censorship. And also, like you're saying, that the structures that we have in place to do what we do and to express our power are really, you know, breaking down. And so we have to find new ways to harness our personal power. And you have to really, this goes back to what we talked about before of looking within. So what are some ways of harnessing our personal power? That is gratitude, looking every day towards the things we're grateful for and counting our blessings. It's having a positive attitude, being able to see the silver lining in everything, no matter what. It's what Marla has talked about being service oriented and other oriented, asking what can I do? How can I help another? Who needs my help right now? It's focusing on forgiveness rather than being, you know, focused on who hurt me and how am I a victim? It's who can I forgive and what can I do in order to free myself and harness my power more? 
So those are all ways in which we can harness our power that often we don't even think about. We think we harness our power by being louder or richer or more this or more that, but no, it's actually by being more at peace with ourselves and the world and being more aligned with our souls. So the overall focus is more to look within for your power as opposed to where your power, you're placing it externally. I am watching so many people just create from such a new place. I mean, I just am so touched by the hearts of, you know, people that have hardly any money or they have a small company and, you know, small business and now they found a way to make masks and be creative and share back and everyone coming in to like partner with food restaurants to mm -hmm. get the food donated to the frontline workers. And I'm watching friends that were, you know, very um, active in, in other ways, or even, you know, one of my girlfriends is on, was on the Housewives of New York and she and her daughter have just done so much to create this nurses who notch and just getting the food, getting the donations in and getting the food delivered to different hospitals in need just to support just to support the, um, you know, the, the nurses and medical staff. And, and so, so new things are happening within people's minds. People are getting more creative. And that's, that's why I stop myself every morning and say, okay, God, how can I, how can I do, how can you use me in the greatest way to share today? Give me, give me ideas. Just, you know, fill me with the ideas that I can, where I can do the best work. My job may not be to go out and feed people on the front lines. It may to be sh sharing a message right here today with you or work on other issues that, we, that we've touched on. Well, that's exactly right. And, and I think, you know, we don't, most of us aren't the frontline workers and most of us aren't who you're seeing on TV, but we all have a part to play. And I know here in Canada, they, they keep talking us, your part to play is staying at home, you know, and, and your part to play is protecting that small minority of people that are, are greatly, um, that can be greatly impacted by this disease. And we can take light from that too. Right? Like we all have a part to play in this. And, and I, I think, you know, I totally agree with you, Marla. The beautiful things that I see that people are doing from the little rocks that are painted, we'll get through this. I think it's uplifting. And maybe looking towards those things are what's going to get us through. But then we're faced, you know, and we're faced with the masks that everyone's wearing. And it's external. So to me, it's like an external uh, manifestation of, of a fear, you know, like it's right in your face. Um, and I don't know if this is the new norm. I don't know. How, in New York, are you all with masks when you go outside now? I don't know. Well, I'm you're... here forever now. <laughs> and today I was like, I can't do it. I'm just going to. I literally did my bandana and I just yeah. felt like, okay, this is kind of cool. It was bright and it felt, it wasn't like this medical looking device. Um, yes, I would say nine out of 10 people are wearing them in New York and, 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 um, and they're giving them out in certain areas around the city. Now you could go, you know, Central mm -hmm. Park has them in downtown in different areas where people are wearing it. I am just very conscious in honor of others that may, you know, may be yes. challenged in their physicality or, you know, may be fearful to put it on whenever I'm in close proximity to people. But if I go to the park, there's no one around and I just want to hug a tree. I'm like taking that, I'm like pulling that thing down and I'm hugging the tree and <laughs> breathing a breath because we need to be able to breathe. It's so important, you know, to find that space away from others. I'm not saying do anything that the government's not advising in that way, but 
take your breath outside. Um, allow that to regenerate, regenerate within you. How are we going to um, not look at each other when we're face-to-face, when we're on the streets? How do we get to this space where we're not afraid of people? Oh, because that, to me, that's a big thing. But this was, I told you the story earlier, this was just caught me totally off guard this morning. I was just jogging to go to my favorite little coffee shop because even though I can make it at home, I kind of want to keep the business flowing for people that are open. And this wonderful young man, he had on a, like a worker's yellow vest and he, and he, and I was looking like typing Anna and like, where are we doing? You know, (laughs) and he just stopped me in my tracks because he just gave so much joy. He's like, hi there. How are you? It's so beautiful to see you. And I went, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you too. And, and then of course, every time I pass someone on the street, I'm smiling so big, but they can't see. The, the mask so is on. Just, yeah. They can't see. So you almost have to just shout it. <laughs> you know, you just want to be able to say you're loved, you're seen. We're in this together. So, so we have to find a way not to just run, you know, yeah. like, Oh, there's a person we have to get over here. I'll, I'll walk in the middle of the street. That's safer. Um, so that, that is a, a contrasting view on healing, truly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I just say, you know, today, after all these months of being like this, just take a moment. And if you see someone across the street, wishing you a great day. I mean, just something, I, just to let them know that they see you and, we, and have that human contact, that, that heals us. That, this, this whole piece, I think of everything, this human contact piece to me is the biggest thing that we're going to have to overcome because we are in fear of going outside of our four walls. Mm-hmm. So Anna, are you coaching people into how to approach others? Are you, you know, how get back and I don't think we're hugging for a while. So, and you know, so I treat, first of all, a number of frontline workers and first responders. And so they have been the ones kind of holding up our society. They've been the ones fighting this battle and really at the forefront of this struggle. And so for them, I haven't been coaching them. They've been informing me of what's really going on in our world. I have this paramedic who's, who was like, okay, well, finally, you know, we're getting less calls, meaning that the cases are starting to go down. And then right after that, the data came out that the cases were starting to go down. So I feel like they were much more coaching me as to what's happening than vice versa. And as to right now, I mean, I really feel like until things shift and until it's much safer, most people are still trying to work remotely to be remote. And, you know, especially because we were hit harder than any other place in the world, we were the epicenter in New York City and in the world for this pandemic. So people are continuing to communicate as we are right now more remotely through telecommunications, et cetera. We hope that that doesn't down the road mean there's going to be less human contact and we Pray that there will be a time when it's going to be safe again to hug each other, to walk down the streets close to each other without masks. But for now, we have to take those precautions and just do the best we can and follow follow the rules, essentially, to play our part by staying safe. What do you think of this term? This is one that I, I grapple with, the new normal. What do you think of that term? Because that has to have impact on someone's psyche. I don't think anything's normal. Yeah. <laughs> <Anymore>. Ever, ever? <laughs> Not in my world. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's more transformation. Everyone said the new normal and the new normal. It's like how it's transformation. It's like we are transformed. We have an ability now to love more, give more, share more, think out of the box, think in a new way, expand the way we see the world, expand, um, you know, the ways in which we connect. So 
So I don't want to feel limited by what a new normal is. I want every day to be a, a, a new opportunity um, because there's nothing, I mean, what's normal to one person is not normal to another. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just actually nothing normal with this situation. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's how are we using this to transform into being a better version of ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I mean the verbiage is very important. So yeah. instead of the new normal, we can talk about how we've transformed during this time because the yeah. new normal is scary for some people. They liked the way it was before. Yeah, I, I, I felt like we needed a shift. I mean, I would not have written it this way, mm-hmm. but, but we, you know, those of us that really are actively involved with, with you know, growing spiritually and in, like Anne and I are, whatever your background is, you know, we knew that there was going to, something had to happen in order to wake yeah. a lot of this up from this, the, you know, the way we've been polluting our earth and our environment and our minds, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's been a profound, it's like, it's like a, a, a natural cleansing in, in some ways, you know, and, and, and there are positives that I hope we bring through all of this. There really are. Now, you two are working on a five-step are you not of working with people and trying to help them along their path? And I'd love for you guys to elaborate on that for me. Yes. Yes. And this is, you know, I mentioned it briefly before, but Marla and I have talked about it in our um, podcast that we've done together on Instagram live and Facebook live. And it's Which are wonderful, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're, getting, we're learning. We're getting it down. All right. We're getting you never stop today. learning, Marla. You'll never stop, never stop learning, I tell you. Growth, healing, and transformation. So this is one of the things that are our creative effort that has come out of this. And the five steps are, number one is gratitude. So this is everyday counting your blessings and going through as many times in a day as you can remember, at least once or twice. What are you grateful for? What are the beautiful things in your life? No matter what is going wrong, there's always something that is beautiful. You have to see that. You have to find the silver lining. Number two, it's transforming fear to love or transforming fear to faith. And this, you can use the um, uh, loving kindness meditation that we mentioned prior, which is, may I be free of worry and fear? May I be happy? May I be free from suffering? And may I be at peace? The third is to be other-oriented or service-oriented. And that's asking the question, what can I do to help another right now? What, who can I help right now? And, you know, if you're a spiritual person, you ask the universe, you ask the source, you ask God, what is it that you want from me right now? How can I help? Use me in the way that you need to use me. The fourth thing is to cultivate compassion, greater compassion for oneself and others, especially during this time, to be more patient with others, not to put too much pressure on yourself, things of that nature. And the fifth thing is forgiveness. And forgiveness is actually a complicated multi-step process. Sometimes you can just forgive someone, but sometimes it's a very intentional process, especially if someone has done something in the past to really, really harm you or hurt you or to violate your boundaries or violate your sense of safety or security. And we can certainly go into the details of that, but that's the five-step process. Gratitude, transforming fear to love, being service-focused, cultivating compassion, and having greater forgiveness. Let's delve into forgiveness because I think this ties in. It's an overarching idea about how I think we need to start approaching people now that we're out and about and able to interact. Forgiveness, it may seem like a funny thing, but to me, and this is my own thought, and and you two are definitely more the experts on it, but I think we need to forgive people 
like I said, are we looking at people now as a carrier of a disease that can give us harm? And I think we need to be forgiving of those people. Not that they've done us any anything directly, but forgive the notion that they are harming us or that they could potentially harm us. And I think that forgiveness can be playing into this healing as we're moving forward from the pandemic. Forgive. Oops, did I lose you? No, I'm here. We're all here. Good, good, good. So uh, forgiveness is something that I've talked about a lot and I share with people because when we see so much judgment in the world, which I think is a big reason we're, we're faced with so many challenges right now is, mm-hmm. is all uh, us thinking that we are, we know everything, you know, that we can imagine what another person's journey has been that's taken them to this moment in time now where they are. I can't impose my learning on another person who maybe didn't learn that lesson or maybe had uh, situations in their past that were so painful that's causing them to be more reactive. I'm sorry about the reactivity out the window. I'm in the center of New York and there's ambulances coming This up. is the new normal. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And most of all, it's much quieter than, quieter than it usually is. Yeah, here. I bet. <laughs> but at times, yeah, I live pretty near a hospital. So, so it's just, you know, for me, I always think, the moment that I start to, to feel like, oh my gosh, they've harmed me. What have they done? You know, it's just like, wait, get into their shoes and say, how, what has brought them to this moment in time that's creating this, this place of fear that they live in, of mm-hmm. anger that they live in. And if I could have empathy for their pain, which maybe is causing them to react in a certain way, then, then I've helped transform that and I can love them instead of, instead of, you know, feeling hurt by them or fearful of them. But, but that type of forgiveness is just forgiving, you know, is, is about really accepting that whatever's around you is really how we learn and how we grow within. And I agree. And forgiveness to me isn't, isn't for the benefit of the other person. Forgive, holding on to fear and anger and resentment is harmful for us. And when you can forgive, you are releasing those negative emotions and negative feelings. And I think that's where we need to be now. You know, we're, we're focusing on a race or we're focusing on a person or we're focusing. We don't, we don't want to do that. That's not healthy. That's not healthy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Work within first, right, Anna? <laughs> totally, totally. It's like, you know, Kathy, what you said, it's like when we are holding a grudge or we're holding contempt towards somebody else and when we refuse to forgive, it's like we're the ones holding on to the poison and hoping the other person will die. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. If we are drinking the poison, we're the ones who are slowly dying. That's number one. And number two, it's actually what Marla said. It comes from this study from the Course in Miracles. When you really look at life and you think about those that you need to forgive, you realize that everything was just in perfect order and nobody even needs forgiving. That like whatever happened to us, it's really to elevate our consciousness and our soul and enable us to learn and grow. And that if we're able to do that growth, then we're on our path. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've been the one who has been, has been perpetrated against, if you feel as though you're the victim, there's still a process of taking yourself out of victimhood, right? And so that process could be very short by saying, you know what, dear God, help me to forgive, and then it could be lifted from you. Or if you don't believe in God, if you're not spiritual, if you want to do it more psychologically, it's first setting a very clear intention. I want to forgive this person. I'm done holding this anger and hurt and vengeance in my heart. And second, you have to honor your feelings. You have to really be true to yourself and say, yeah, 
I have been hurt. I am angry. What happened was not right. And third is to take responsibility for your role in it. And that's also what Marla was saying that like, you know, what did I contribute to this? What do they have to forgive me for? Because nothing happens in a vacuum. But sometimes like when things are done to young children, for instance, the answer is what did I, you know, what responsibility can I take for this? You don't have responsibility as a baby. If something was done for you, the answer is nothing. And indeed there are people who truly have been victimized by difficult circumstances. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then the next step is before you forgive, you have to restore your well-being, meaning that you have to set the boundaries in your life to know that this, to the best of your ability, is not going to happen again. And then from that space, you open your heart. And you can do that with the loving kindness meditation that we talked about or many other practices to open your heart. And then finally, that enables you to release that hurt and truly forgive. It's a long process for some, I would imagine. That's a long process. Sometimes it's quick, but sometimes it can take years. But if you truly have that intention, you will do it. To and me, what, look, go ahead, Marla. Life, life gives you the opportunity over and over again, doesn't it, to learn that? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's, it's if, the, one, the one piece, um, Anna, that you said that I, I relate to, that I love, is to honor your own feelings. And I think that sometimes we don't do that. Feelings are feelings. Right, they're not an educated. They they are they are feelings, and they're neither right nor wrong. They're your feelings, and I think honoring feelings is a is a big piece of of the forgiveness thing. And I love that. I've I've always focused on, you know, and I'm working with someone who's not well, or you know, how do you feel? You know, those are real, and those are probably cultivated through experience, but they're a piece of you, right? And and it's it's not that you have to get rid of them, is you need to understand them. So uh, now are you two working together, helping people with your five-step program? Is, is this a, a new project for you both? It's a new project. I mean, it's, it's, it's a way that we each love to share. We're, our hearts are, are so connected and our purpose feels very connected. So we, we really hope to, to be able to expand more and, and do more. Right, Anna? Absolutely right. I mean, Marla and I, we've been friends for many years. We've gone to China together to be in this amazing Sanya Forum, the first women's forum um, in China, to be able to bring the voice of women to the forefront. So we felt so fortunate and honored to be able to share that from an American perspective. And then since then, you know, we've started with this whole COVID thing, doing some Instagram lives and being able to share our message. And it's really kind of following the guidance also from the universe and where the world takes us. And you contacted me, Kathy, and I feel like someone else just contacted me. And it's just, you know, I'm sure that we're going to go to other places really just to help people going through exactly what we're all going through. And, and so where can people look to follow your message? Is there a, is there a centralized place that you have yet or um, just onto your websites? How can we keep up with this wonderful thing that you're doing? Thank you. Well, currently, uh, we've just been doing a lot. I'm saving a lot of them on my Instagram television. Uh, some of them are up on YouTube. And I think, Anna, we're, we each have websites that we're going to be including them too. So so hopefully the best way would be to go to um, my website is marlamaples.com. And Anna? .com, A-N-N-A-Y-U-S-I-M.com. And that also has all of my social media on it. And yeah, and if you put either of Marla or my name into social media, you'll find us. Right, and that that would be great. Follow us, and we'll we'll uh, you know we we each have um, 
uh, a place where you can sign up for newsletters where we'll, we'll keep you in touch with things that we're learning and, and able to share. And, uh, but in the meantime, I definitely have a bigger follower following on Instagram now. I've been more focused on that. But we, we just would love to get people really coming directly to our site so where we can really have our own way of sharing and control it there. It's, uh, I think, our hope upcoming. And uh, we'll do a lot more of this together, too. Excellent. And I will do my best to propagate all of this for you because I think it's it's such a piece of health that's not focused on as much as it needs to be. And this is, and I think anyone who goes through health, Anna, you, I think you've taken this journey. Anyone who goes through health and is educated in health and educated in disease, somewhere along the lines, this pops up as a piece that is not as nurtured and well attended to. So ladies, I honor what you're doing I'm so grateful to be in your presence and I'm so thankful that you've given me the time and to share this with my listeners and everybody. Um, I hope you've got as much from this interview as I have. So ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's our honor. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's our honor. Thank you so much. Keep it up. The great work. Thank you. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on the health hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.